Greetings, everyone. I'm Pastor Evan. I'm delighted to be here this morning. I'm delighted that you're here as well this morning. Things are a little different, as you can see, uh, and so we have moved a few things around in our usual service uh, so that uh, we can focus some attention on the baptism at the end, also so I'm not wet when I preach. So we're doing all of those things. We're very practical around here. And today, we're celebrating the baptisms of three people, spirit believers uh, in faith and you. In the, the Covenant Church, our denomination, we, t- we tend towards sacrament. I'm ordained to word and sacrament. You witness ordained to word and sacrament. You experience that regularly. But, but today we recognize a sacram- uh, uh, the sacrament part of that uh, in a way that we don't get to as often. We get to recognize the Lord's Supper regularly, baptism a little less frequently. When we use that word sacrament, though, you'll hear a difference. Some, some denominations use sacrament, some use ordinance. We use sacrament. Greek word, that means mystery. Uh, it is not a Greek word, but it harkens back to that. Uh, mysterion, which you experience in something like the book of Ephesians. The mystery of God revealed. And the mystery uh, is that it's something that's hidden that's now made public. Something that wouldn't otherwise have been known, but now through God's work, we know what it is. We're let in on something that we otherwise wouldn't have seen. That's why Ephesians talks about the mystery of God revealed, which is that Gentiles are included in the promises of God. It's all throughout the Old Testament. It's a little below the surface. Now it's revealed. Now it's a public reality that we can see. And so today, in the baptism of three people, we get to God at work in these lives as they get brought into the family of believers in a full way through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at a a text from Exodus, because we've been reading through Genesis and Exodus as a people. Um, And you're in Exodus, you're uh, uh, several chapters, you're quite through the plagues by now in your reading. And so I'm going to invite you to turn, if you're following along, to Exodus 4. I actually am not going to speak as all God's people said amen, but... (laughs) I was specifically told in our worship planning meeting this week to maybe keep it a little shorter so we can focus on baptism and you guys won't get out of here by 5 o'clock you know, earlier. So let's go to a passage for a short sermon. Moses is on his way to his brother Aaron. He's been called to go to Pharaoh, uh, the Hebrew people from bridegroom of blood to me she said so the Lord let him alone at that time she said bridegroom of blood referring to circumcision let me tell you first of all this should be a shocking story that comes in the midst of all that you read in the book of Exodus it comes out of nowhere and and after all that God's done to call Moses to go to his people on the way it says he was about to kill Moses It's it's remarkable, and it's shocking, and it's supposed to be. Anybody reading this would say, what's going on here that all of a sudden there was this plot twist? What we should recognize, and I can't unpack all of it. Scholars spill a lot of ink on this passage, and they can't get that far with it either. So don't expect. What we have to recognize is what from sin, and God is faithful to the promise. That stands behind the whole text. What you have at play here is circumcision, which is the sign of the covenant. God took on the covenant originally as both parties in the covenant. And then what he does is he says circumcision people and marked. The, the world that he's living in, 
and I do it all remotely. No, I'm part of it with you, right? Moses, are you in on this? And one thing of life, God gives the laws that govern life. God is above those things. God can revoke those gifts at any time God chooses for whatever reason God chooses. God's not dependent on you and me and humanity. That's important to remember in the text. The key question that's coming across to Moses and should come across to God, Moses, are you faithful to me? Because commitment matters. Moses finally makes it. He shows, he meets up with his brother Aaron. They show the signs that they're able to do through God's power to all the people. And then it says in verse 1 of chapter 5, afterwards, so after he's shown all this to the people, Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me. The purpose of the trip uh, seems multifold. It's obviously to uh, freedom, ultimately, is what's behind all of it. It's to form a people, right? As they rally together and worship God together, they're going to be worshiping and recognizing God as the faithful God who has pulled them together as his people. And they're also in the process of this going to reveal that God is the God over everything, including Pharaoh and Egypt. That's all going to be revealed in what's going on. The problem with the trip, the whole thing this morning, Pharaoh, you might say, is a skeptic. I don't believe in this God that you're talking about, and certainly if he exists, he's not better than the gods of Egypt or me, by any means. Pharaoh's a skeptic, and you can see what's he makes life very what that do to the people? It sets them on a course of doubt, too. Is God really for us or not? Or not? When he gives them the task of making the bricks without straw, what Pharaoh is setting them up for is an impossible task. So they needed the straw in order that it works with the, the clay, essentially, or the, the agent that they're using to make bricks to bind the bricks together. When they have to go search for the stubble, that's a subpar ingredient that they also have to send people out to go find that, which means fewer people are there to make the bricks that aren't going to work anyways. And they're not meeting their quota, and they get taunted along the way. You're a lazy people. So it's all intended to, to further get back to work, give up this silly And they have to make a decision through all of the doubts that come their way and through the hardship that comes their way. I was standing in our, our kitchen just last week and I was kind of having some fun messing around with our oldest daughter. Um, she was trying to get to the spot where I was standing in the kitchen and I decided not to move just for the fun of it. And she's like, Dad, come on, get out of the way. And I was like, you know, it's a free country. I can stand where I want, right? And I'm just playing around. Now as Americans, we love that line, right? It's free country. I can do what I want, right? It's fun to say, but that worldview, that I attitude, really infiltrate us deeper than we realize sometimes. Like this, and you have to make decisions about who Or are we really the people who God has called by his covenant and is a freedom-giving God? Whose people are we? They're confronted with that decision. You and I are confronted with the same decision in God's calling us to himself. Am I just a free agent? Am I just a sovereign? Am I basically my own God? Or am I actually 
people? Am I actually of who he's called together as his people? I was uh, sitting in a, uh, a seminar a couple years ago talking about pastors and being healthy as a job. He said, you know, I just... If you're a brother or sister or you're a disciple of Christ, same goes for us. We need one another. When we start going alone, that's when we start to run into trouble. That's when we start to have problems. We need one another. And God asks us basically this question when we're called... Are you my, am I your God? When we're asked and confronted with that kind of a question, which we are at regular intervals, we have to ask the question, am I also part of God's people? Just like the people with difficulty and doubt. It's history. Because if you look at God's response to the rising doubts, is God worried? No. No, in fact... God is, 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 they're confronted with sort of these questions that sit behind uh, their issues and, and the doubts and the skepticism that come in. And what happens if you go to Exodus 5, starting at verse 22? Moses, an anxiety over what's going on, he comes to God. It says, Moses returned to the Lord and said, why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? You know, you called me to rescue these people. Given an impossible. Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not yet rescued your people. And the Lord said to Moses, understand the power of God at work in the situation. They actually had to make the commitment first. Am I your God? Culture. And in that skepticism, we always would need to see one more. And one more. Oh, God, you, you, you took care of that cancer. What about an amputee? Can you do that? What about somebody who's paralyzed? Can you do that? We put our faith in the, the actual acts rather than the God who did them. If we're not lasting faith. Pharaoh watched ten plagues sweep through Egypt, each worse than the last, sometimes even sparing certain areas and only hitting his people. Faith after ten? No, he hardened himself even harder with each one. He still didn't believe. The commitments to God matter if the mystery is going to be revealed, if, if God's goodness and grace and work around us and humanity are going to be seen and recognized by us. We need to first answer the question, is God my God? And are his people my people? Am I with them or not? Those commitments matter if we're going to live into God's promises. He puts together his and me making those commitments beautiful thing is today we get to walk we get to see those commitments be made by three people but if you've made those commitments at one point in your life in baptism you're called to renew those in this moment as as they're baptized in the name of the father son and the holy spirit as they make those vows of faith and as they say i do feel free to say it again yourself to reaffirm your baptismal commitments to god and god's people if you've never made those with is God my God. Now again on August 26th if you're interested, if you've never made those commitments. But today we're called and to worship with those people for ourselves but living for your purposes. That we would recognize that there's something in us that needs to be redeemed and only you can do it. That there's something in us that needs to be reconciled and only you are the reconciler who can put it all back together. 
that shalom has been vandalized and you can fix it. And we are in it for your glory. And we are your people for those purposes. God, form us as your people. Draw us close to one another. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Father, for those who who sit here and wonder, would you draw them close to your presence and close to ours as well, that we may draw them in a Godward direction. We pray this all in your name. Amen.